0: Amen. So I just wanted to do a little recap. We're talking about the spiritual sickness, the spiritual wounding. However, you want to um, understand that um, in, in, in the disease concept of alcoholism or drug addiction, we look at three parts to it. We look at um, you know the, the part where I go to something to get plugged in to, to give me ease and comfort. The problem with getting plugged into just the, pro- the the oh, I'm gonna mute you. Um, all right, sorry guys. Um, the problem with getting plugged into some of these things is that we, our bodies have an abnormal reaction to them. Um, you know, on, on their own, they're not bad. They actually give us ease and comfort. Uh, they actually give us a solution, um, but when we plug into certain things they actually uh we have a abnormal reaction to them we we have what we call a phenomenon of craving so for for normal people to put alcohol in in their body it's there's nothing wrong with it um you know when I do it, there's an abnormal reaction that happens and it produces a craving for more and more and more and so um you know, that's that's one of the problems. The first problem is that I'm looking for something to give me ease and comfort. So every time, or a lot of times, I go beyond ease and comfort and I go into oblivion. And then I have this occurrence of a mental obsession. And so this is what my problem is. And I really have to understand that there's nothing that I can do about it. Um, you know... There's nothing wrong with an allergy. There's nothing wrong with an abnormal reaction to something. My, my wife has a, a peanut allergy. And if she eats peanuts, we have a solution. We have an anaphylactic, you know, blue to the sky and orange to the thigh. And uh, we take care of that allergy. And, um, you know, the, the one issue that she doesn't have is this mental obsession to go back to peanuts all the time. Um, but if she had that, imagine how... Uh, horrible her life would be, and my life would be we'd be going to the hospital. we'd have to have epipens on hand all the time i would I would have trouble trusting her and and really, you know, I would always be on guard and so it would affect our whole family, our relationship and and our lives would be unmanageable, and we would be powerless to peanuts um and and so this is kind of the underlying problem. In in our book, it, it talks about this spiritual disease, and and so alcohol is a spirit. It's it's interesting how alcohol has always been considered a spirit. Let's go get some spirits, and it's actually this spiritual connection that we get. It's like getting plugged in, and receiving ease and comfort. The problem with that plug-in, it actually will destroy our lives. Uh, but it is our solution for the time being until it stops working. And, and a lot of us have had that experience where, you know, you know, the first few years is fun and games and enjoyable. Um, we overdo it, but it, we can still manage our lives. And after 10 years, you know, there's been suicide attempts. There's been, um, jail terms and sentences and, and criminal convictions and, um, you know, our life is a mess. And, and we read that any life run on self will uh, will um, very rarely be a success. Um, so <clears throat> that's kind of what we're looking at now is the spiritual sickness, the spiritual malady, if you will, the spiritual disconnect. And so in our book on page 64, we read about uh, resentment being the number one offender. Uh, where does this resentment come from? Where does this uneasiness come from? Where does this irritable, restless, and disconnect- discontentedness come from? Uh, I could relate to my whole life being um, that context of being irritable, discontent, and restless. Like, I was always that kid. I was always... Unha- like, I always thought something was happening somewhere more fun. And I was the kind of kid... I don't know if you can relate to this. I was the kind of kid that would pee my pants because I didn't want to leave what I was doing because I didn't want to miss anything. And I was so intent on playing with my Lego and I would be like doing the pee dance and then I'd like run to the bathroom and pee my pants. And it's, it's it's like that spiritual sickness was always with me. I was always, I uh, had that discontent. I didn't want to leave where I was, but I didn't want to go to where I had to be Um and, and so when I found alcohol, that was my solution. It calmed and, and covered all that. Uh, in our book, it says, um, every form from these resentments uh, forms spiritual disease. For we have not only mentally and physically ill, so that is talking about the physical craving and the mental obsession, um, we had been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. And so that's a beautiful thing is there's nothing that I can do to cure my, or or fix my, or revive my spirit. This is going to be jo- God's job. Uh, I, I You know, anybody that has a, a sober date is a miracle of God. Because on your own, you can't even get a sober date. So there's nothing you can do to breathe life into your spirit. We've tried it. We've plugged into alcohol. We've plugged into relationships. We've plugged into, you know, our job, our prestige, all of this stuff. We've plugged into everything to try to get our, our, to try to get life into us, to to overcome the spiritual sickness, to overcome, you know, the irritable, restless, discontent spirit, and and it hasn't worked, and it's brought us to our knees. And and and, um. You are where you are supposed to be, and and you know, I think good parenting will let your kids suffer at some point. We'll let your kid climb the monkey bars a little too high. And, and you know, but, but a good parent's always there to break the fall or to catch or to um, warn. Um, and that's a beautiful thing about getting plugged into a God that is love, is that love doesn't control. Love doesn't uh, make somebody do something. Love, um, you know, the, the, it, it's free will. And so unfortunately we have free will and, and, and I've learned that my experiences is, you know, God was always there watching me, but he let me go through the stuff that I had to get to so that I would be really ready to abandon everything that, um, my life had given me. And so the beautiful thing is when I, when I, when I, when I, it says, when I straighten out, um, when the spiritual disease is addressed, then I straighten out physically and mentally. And so that's the beautiful thing, the miracle of the mental obsession being lifted. And that's only by the power of God. And so where do I get this resentment from? Where do I get the spiritual sickness from? Well, number one, we're, we're disconnected from God right from the very beginning. You look at the, the story of the Garden of Adam and Eve. And, and because God is love, he gave free choice. And... In a man's heart is this is we're we're prone to independence, and so they did something that they weren't supposed to do, and they that really separated them from God, um, and so we're born into that. We're born into that separation. We're born into that fear, that that anxiety. Uh, when you're born, you know you're you're shot out of a, a a birth canal, or there's a C-section, and then there's an umbilical cord cut and and you're separated from your mom. And that's the same kind of fear that we're brought into this world. Uh, we, we have that underlying fear. Uh, but then through circumstances, you know, since we're already cut off from God, I look at, I, I think I talked about it last week, is we look at like my cell phone and the main goal of that is communication. The main goal of that is, you know, um, um, fellowship. Uh, the main goal of that is to be able to um, communicate with the people around me. And so imagine my phone didn't have data. Yeah, it still has some uses. It still can calculate, take pictures, but it's, it's just contained in here. Like I can't even send a picture to anyone. Um, so data is really important. And that's kind of the, 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 the goal that God will give you. He'll, he'll, he'll revive your phone and, and bring a data connection, so to say, Um and, and so this is what we have with a loving God is that he wants to give you life into your spirit. That's where our life comes from. Uh, so many times uh, we uh, live life out of our souls, our mind, our thinking. Um, that's kind of our computer center. That's where our belief systems are. And so we in turn out of our intellect we think and so that's our will that's really what we're turning over is our thinking and 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 our emotions so we live so many most of our lives out of our soul and not our spirit because our spirit is number 1 separated from God and then number 2 it's 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 wounded uh, from very early in childhood usually and and throughout our lives and so for, for many of us, we don't lead with our weakness. We don't lead with that, but we know that there's irritability, discontent, and restlessness, and we're trying to fix that, but then we're trying to lead with our soul, our intellect, our thinking. Um, and that's really what we have to smash uh, to get a new life. That's what we really have to abandon. Um, and, and it makes it actually a lot easier to abandon that when God breathes life into your spirit. So the process of recovery is actually looking at where my wounding is, where my uh, resentments come from, where my fears are coming from, and then really giving those to God in a, in an act of faith. And so that's the, the beautiful thing about the process of recovery is um, God has always been there. Uh, but I have this stuff on my store shelf. Of I look at a corner store. My heart is a corner store. And I have stuff from the early 70s and the early 80s. And I'm trying to pawn this off. I got like Corey Hart sunglasses. And no one wants those. They're not cool anymore. Uh, everybody wants Ray-Bans. Those were like Corey Hart like gas station sunglasses. And no one wants them. And so I have all this stuff on my heart of my store shelf. And I'm trying to pawn it off on everybody. And everybody's like, dude, like no one wants that. It's overpriced. Uh, You can't give two. like, you're just trying to trick us and manipulate us into taking your stuff. And I step on the toes of those around me and they're reacting. And so um, it it keeps the the fears and the resentments going on and on. And so the whole point is to be able to clear your store shelf uh, for God's. Provisions to come and those that the, the spirit of God to connect with you is is the spirit of love is the spirit of peace is the spirit of endurance and patience and goodness and kindness and self-control all of those things are the spirit of God and those are the things that you're going to be selling. Those are the things that you're going to be dealing um, and, and you're going to be dealing comfort and joy and peace and serenity and those are the things that the world around you wants and that's really what we get to be transformed into salt and light. We actually become a new creation with this spiritual connection with God, and so what we're looking at is where is spiritual wounding. It, it can be different for for different people, and in my experience, what we've done is is taken um, six kind of classifications of spiritual wounding. Uh, last week we looked at um, we looked at the timid and fearful spirit, and we looked at the imprisoned spirit. And so we just looked at different contexts of being wounded, uh, having your spirit uh, being wounded uh, and hurt. And, and so what, what does that look like? What is the, the um, manifestation of a wounded spirit? Uh, yes, we're all separated from God. Yes, I think humanity has this issue. And um, we're always looking for a purpose. We're always looking for meaning. Um, but if we do it out on our own, and, and then we just get our results. We're, we're, we're separated from God and we're just doing social justice stuff. We're just doing save the earth stuff. And we're, we're just actually doing it out of our own selfish motives. Um, and so we're actually not doing it in the name of God. We're not doing it to glorify him. And so God really wants to breathe life into your spirit. That's where our life comes from. And that's where we're going to uh, have the obsession removed in our minds. We're going to be cleansed in our minds and, and, and I don't think the physical craving will ever go away. And I don't want to take that chance. Um, but the mental obsession would say that the physical craving has gone away too. And I can have a beer with my friends and I can have a glass of wine on the golf course. But that's actually the mental obsession. So that actually hasn't been removed. But God will remove all of that thinking, all of that uh, mental obsession that will take me back for the cr- physical craving to react. Um, so today I've had a spiritual experience. I, 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 have connected to God and he has given me experiences that have outweighed the mental obsession and that has been removed in my life today. And then the rest of it is just finding out where I need a stronger connection. Um, I look at my cell phone and I have data and then I go into the basement and, and I can do that and I'm losing connection, uh, or I go through a tunnel or I go away that I'm not supposed to be. Um, and, and so I can actually lose connection. So I actually really want to see where I'm disconnected, uh, to God. And so that's why I think that these, um, spiritual wounding concepts and, and trying to understand what kind of fits you is really important to looking at where I'm getting my resentments from, where I'm getting my thinking from, where I'm getting my fear from. And so these, these, um, these, uh, ways of looking at the categories of spiritual wounding isn't to condemn anybody isn't to like shame you but would one of these fit you or maybe two of these fit you in my experience um, one of them would fit you more than any other um, that's my experience i've i've heard a lot of people um you know may have a mix of two or three of them but this is just a good way of really understanding um, where are the irritable where are the disconnected where's the the irritability and and discontentment is coming from uh where's that stuff coming from and then when you move into your uh inventories and doing your resentments and doing your fears maybe the Holy spirit will enlighten you and guide you into where some of those fears are coming from, because you have a, a little bit of a deeper understanding. So let's get into it. Um, let's look at the Crush spirit. We'll do two today. We'll look at the crushed spirit and the orphan spirit. And so as, as we're, as as we're, um, taking this in and, uh, would you have God just speak to you? Would you just like open up your heart, be willing uh, be open to receive what uh, the Holy Spirit has for you. So a crushed spirit, the causes of a crushed spirit is inappropriate burden bearing. Uh, that could be single parenting, uh, only parenting, uh, where the burden is placed on a, a younger child to come home uh, without anybody there, you know, um, you know, maybe get dinner going, mom's working a double shift, that kind of thing, just that over-responsibility of things. Um, shame by authority figures. And and it's not about um, making somebody feel bad about themselves, but it's actually defining who they are in their spirit. So God has given you a spirit where your identity is. And so when we're disconnected from God, we really don't know who we are. Uh, We get glimpses of it, but God has, has designed you in a certain way. And so when you connect to his spirit, it'll make a lot more sense of who you are. But this world forms us. So we. I, I, I believe that most of our parents have done the best they can. And, and sometimes, you know, they're emotionally um, disconnected from God themselves and, and, and maybe they're overwhelmed and overburdened and, and they, they hurt you. And they say, you will never. And I wish I never had you. And, I, and all of those things that actually hit your spirit and start to define you. Uh, harsh leadership, so that could be. Uh, <laughs> I think I grew up in the era of spankings, and so spankings were great. And uh, maybe I needed it, and my parents did the best they could. Uh, me personally, I never spanked my children. Uh, that doesn't mean I wasn't physical with my children. Um, you know, uh, they 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 would uh, lose stuff and timeouts and Xboxes taken away, and maybe you know if they got if they got rangy, they would they would get the the the, the drill in their chest and, and they know that they don't fool around and um, like that kind of fun stuff. Um, so I believe in that, but they're, they're like, I grew up in a school culture that had the ruler on your hand, that kind of thing. And uh, so harsh leadership can really cause this crushed spirit, inner vows and self pronouncement. So when you have a uh, wounding in your life, um, there's, there's a voice there that says, yeah, see, you're bad. You'll never amount to anything. And so um, you you make an agreement with that and, and it's like, yeah, I, I won't amount to anything. And then you make a vow. What's the point of trying? Or I gotta prove myself at all costs. Those are vows and self-pronouncements. Um, and 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 so we can we can we can out of our situations uh, make these vows at a very young age. Um, bad news can cause a crushed spirit, you know, a death of a family member or a parent or a divorce. Um, And then disapproval. Um, You know, I think disapproval is going to come out of the context of a, a children's eyes, but just being disapproved for, you know, school, after school programs or sport stuff, or, you know, maybe your parents don't have enough money and, and you like really need this stuff. You need running shoes for school. You need gym equipment and, and they disapprove. They say, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. Uh, that kind of goes into the harsh leadership, but um, just being disapproved f- from who you are. Um, that, that is one of the the biggest woundings that we have today in the social media context is on social media it's all about likes, comments, shares. Um, you know, you accept me. I, I've seen stuff on social media uh, just with the the kids in school, and they'll pick on somebody. They'll bully somebody. You know, the highest form of why we buy something in 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 a, a online at Amazon, we all look at the comments and the reviews and the stars. And there's people that actually will bomb a business and give them like a thousand bad reviews. Imagine like being a business owner and then somebody picks on you in that regard. Um, so it's that kind of disapproval. Of, of the people around you. So what does a crushed spirit look like? Uh, characteristics would be a continual grieving. Uh, I don't know if you've ever grieved a loss of of, of a person or of an animal. Um, there's, there's just this sadness, this, this heaviness. Uh, little self-affirmation. We are designed uh, to be able to give our, ourselves high fives on the inside. Uh, we are designed to be able to do a a, a, a somersault and, and to get up and go yeah um but but this this type of crushed spirit is unable to do that um little or no self-worth self-rejection, a weariness, tiredness just you know this lack of energy, despair face shows continues continual sadness and tears um and then just this constant life isn't worth living almost like a suicidal. Um, mindset and so i don't know if you guys know um kind of the, the the conversations of suicide but it can be very subtle it can be things like man it's just not worth it um you know like i think everybody would be better off without me um or how about like what who would even miss me like those are all conversations and dialogue around suicide um, and then self pity, just being in constant self pity. Um, you know, a lot of us can relate to that. Like we don't even have to have a crushed spirit to be self pity. Um, you know, in the morning when your alarm goes off, are you looking forward to the day or are you like, Oh, I just want one more half hour. Oh, like I got to do this stupid chore. Oh, like, Oh, I just want to sleep more. Like that is just somebody being filled up self pity. Um, you know, hitting snooze for the 18th time. Um, those are forms of self-pity. Uh, so in a crushed spirit, that's what that's going to look like. And it's not just, you know, the self-pity that I talked about, but this inner self-pity that I am a victim, that I'm never going to amount to nothing. And, and this weight and despair that that spirit would have. And so you can't tell me that that's not going to cause a narrative in your intellect and come out of your uh, thinking And into your actions. So when I believe that I am something. That I believe that I am no good. That I am a victim. That I'll never amount to anything. I've made these vows and commitments inside of my spirit. It's going to come out into my thinking. And so that's where we're going to get this resentment and fear. This is where this resides. This is where this irritable, discontent and restless spirit resides. Uh, This is just a different kind of form of wounding. It's uh, that, just a different way to get there. So, uh, functions impaired is a real inability, unable to comfort, sustain, or empower the body and the spirit. So, so many times, our our well, ninety nine percent of the time, our medical system looks at the physical problem and then addresses it in the soul. So, in your, you have anxiety, you you have sleeplessness, you have. Uh, you're overtired. You're not able to sleep. So they'll medicate your symptoms of your body. But most times it's a spiritual problem. And so they like to medicate, um, you know, a breakdown. That That's a spiritual experience right there. And so if I'm always medicating things, but this is what our society disconnected from God. This is how we react. We don't want to admit that there's a spirit um, because then we can't control anything. Okay, so that is the that is the uh, crush spirit. Here is the orphan spirit, um, the causes of an orphan spirit. Parents never bonded with baby. A lot of studies on that, uh, nurture versus nature with uh, monkeys and, and apes and that kind of thing. And so we uh, are born into, we need to be held. We need to be nurtured. We need to... Um, you know, if you've ever seen a baby be born, you know, the first thing that the doctor does, they try to feed it right away after they do the little umbilical cord. They're, they're trying to uh, get it latched onto mum's milk. And so that's like this highest form of nurture right out of the womb. Um, parents never bonded with baby. The child chooses not to bond with parents. And so right out of the gate, just as I'm pushing away from all sources of love and affection, um, lack of nurturing. And so nurture is care for, encourage, um, and uh, the growth and develop of development of uh, a person. And so just this lack of nurturing, the the lack of parents or teachers or whatever the family of origin stuff is, uh, just a lack of that nurture being there. Characteristics: This is what it looks like. Uh, difficult, difficulty bonding with a father. Difficult to bonding with God um, and and just really lacking the understanding of the need. And so the actual need probably isn't even there. Difficulty forming and maintaining relationships. It's kind of like this, prove that you love me. Uh, Love is something that I can't even receive. Not that I know it, but it's something that I want. uh, And then when I feel it, I try to make you prove it. Uh, so I cheat on you. I throw flowers down. I stomp on your love. I go prove it. See, you never loved me. You don't take this seriously. Um, really, really hard in relationships, um, especially intimate relationships. Continual testing of relationships. If you do this, will you still love me? Uh, insatiable need for love and striving to be accepted. Um, and and that word striving is is to me it's that's a hard person to be around. When somebody's striving for love and affection all the time, jostling for number one, hey, look at me, look at me. Hey, I have all the answers. Call on me, teacher, teacher. Oh, 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 I have the answer. And it's like that person is striving uh, to be accepted. Uh, Inability to give love. And so it's this alternative motive of of I actually need strength from you, and I fake giving my love to steal from you, to consume from you. Uh, but in the same regard, I have this inability to actually receive love. So I'm fighting for what I, what I need, but it's something that I can't even take. It's something that I can't, even if I have it, I can't shove it into me. There's a a block there. And then this continuous searching for a mother or father figure. And so this is um, always being in a position of being a child, being a victim, being needy. And so I need uh, a parental figure. I need, um, you know, I need a a person that will protect me, provide for me, to look over me, to to watch for me. Um, I'm always looking for that in relationships. Um you know you hear that so often that he or she has daddy issues or mummy issues um and we look for that in 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 people around us and so here are the the functions that are impaired communication would be very difficult at all levels so communicating your thoughts feelings and emotions Uh, But even being able to communicate, part of our way to communicate is within our spirit. God has made that like the data plan in your phone. And so that is very um, disconnected and dysfunctional. So it's very difficult to communicate your thoughts, feelings, ideas, all of that stuff. And then just really never knowing comfort. God says that I will be your comforter. Um, I will be your shepherd. Uh, I will be your uh, watch guard. I will... Um, give you all of the the life uh, the things that you need at your very core I've made you and designed you to be spiritually connected to me and out of me you will receive all of those things you will receive comfort so somebody with the orphan uh, spirit wounding is just never going to be able to feel comfort And so, um, maybe, maybe these two or the four that we've talked about describes your wounding and, and it's lining up your life to a T and you might be overwhelmed right now, or maybe you're just like, wow, this is some great understanding. Uh, Just don't come under the condemnation of the voice of the enemy because the voice of the enemy wants you to get stuck there. The voice of the enemy does not want you to be free. The voice of the enemy wants you to be disconnected from God. And as you start to understand and as you start to put your belief in God and as you start to go through the process of recovery, you know God's actually going to be able to connect with you and breathe life into you. The enemy wants to continue to take it. The enemy wants to continue to keep be, take you into isolation. Um, and and recovery is only possible um, in connection with God. And, and so he's going to do for you what you've never been able to do for yourself. So that's the uh, realization that I've had in my life. It's like there's nothing that I can actually do to fix my spiritual problem. I need a, a, a intervention. I need a, a, a spiritual solution that can only come from God. And and I know that when I came into recovery and they told me this in two thousand and five that I need I need a spiritual solution that drugs and alcohol were were never my problem they were my solution it, it was a massive realization and then they said I needed God and so my conception of god at that time was a very punishing demanding controlling distant god and i had to do all of these things good enough to be accepted by him so i actually you know i grew up in the church and i actually had to destroy my belief in who i thought god was because i was actually seeing god my concept was built out of a disconnect from him and so everything was tainted of how I thought I saw God. And so I actually, at a homeless shelter, was able to destroy my, my, my constraints of religious God. And I was actually able to enter into a relationship with a loving God. And so uh, that's what fuels me today to the best of my ability. Um, I have I had a life out of addiction. I had a life of what alcohol gave me separated from God, and recovery gave me um, a, a contact with God. Recovery gave me the ability to get plugged into God. And as I understood him in 2000, and I would say 6, um, I got plugged into God. It, it took me a while to, to go through this process, probably a year, and then I got plugged into God. And, um, you know, I've never, I've, I've, I've got a new life. He gave me a new life. He met all of my needs. And so out of that, I can give that away. I have a new storeroom. I have hope and joy and peace and contentment. And all of those things that my irritable, restless, discontented spirit, my orphan spirit carried. And so out of all of these spiritual woundings, one of them really stands out to me, and that's the orphan spirit. And it's no accident that I was adopted when I was two years old. And so the enemy... Uh, gave me a lot of um, you know messages, and I agreed with them, and I made vows to them. And until I got plugged into God, it was uh, the real solution for me. So that's all I got on the spiritual wounding. Stay tuned for the next two next week, and we'll go over the uh, full gamut of spiritual wounding, and hopefully one of them will... Uh, be able to maybe define you a little bit, give you some understanding uh, and give you some hope to going like, this is something that I really have no power to do. And uh, I've made a mess of my life and only God can restore me. Thank you.